It is super crosstalk time, and Shadano's here. What's going on, Shadano? Hey, buddy. How are you? Everything's great. <laughs> One of the best shows we've ever done. Ever. I've heard, I heard a bunch of it coming in. I was driving back from Big Bear, and uh, I caught oh, I a lot that. of it. What saw. were you doing at uh, Big Bear? I mean, you know what people do at Big Bear, which is ski. Oh, are you a skier? Say, what, yeah, what else would he be doing? I mean, what else would I be doing up there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Sitting he brought in, the kids. They got them lessons or... and stuff. Yeah. yeah, we got the kids lessons. We're getting them ready to roll oh, for nice. the future To be fair, years. I did ask George this exact question on Friday when okay. he called in in the last hour. I said, do you snowboard, do you ski, or do you après ski? Which is my favorite, which is just chill in the chalet and drink. Oh, there's plenty of that, other people There's ski. plenty yeah. of that. Yeah. Uh, like, there is almost too much of that on a holiday weekend, which, by the way, never again on a holiday weekend. I forgot what it was yeah, like why post-pandemic. why did you do that? Yeah, terrible idea yeah. by me. <laughs> now, do you ski normally, or did you take lessons? No, I've skied before. I, I started skiing my senior trip in high school. I went to a, a Catholic high school, and our senior trip was uh, to Quebec, uh, to Mont Tremblant, uh, which is the wait, largest... Wait, wait, that was an incredibly selective pronunciation. Quebec. Mont Tremblant. First Tremblant. he said Quebec. And then he said, "It's, it's true." F- yeah. Well, it's Quebec, Quebec. Yes, Le- Le- Quebec. Tremblant. Right, right. um, and we learned to ski. It's the largest mountain in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I learned to ski there. And ever since then, I've almost every year. I guess post the pandemic years, I guess we're we're lost. But for the most part, we've gone wow. almost every year. I, I mean, think I might pick up skiing. George, let's be real. Don't, no, no, Mace, you'll die. Don't. Those ski trips in high school are not about skiing. Let's let's. No, let's no, it's about real. having fun, and you know, you know, whatever. Right? Okay. Could I'm I pick be... up? Could I pick up no. skiing? No. You could, Mason. Mason. No. Okay. You could. George, do not encourage this okay so i'll give you He's an gonna example break a leg. there was a um i saw a a guy doing a private lesson mm-hmm. um 48 years old and from la and uh and he picked it up and he was fine see was I, this I, man I, of, of normal athletic competence yeah i mean he, he looked normal had you know seemed somewhat fit right yeah. like he was in decent shape Sounds yeah like me here's what i think i think that <laughs> you would be better off mm-hmm. snowboarding because you would be less likely to break like one limb at a time. Mm. Both of your feet are connected to the board. When right. you fall, it's it's a little it it, it hurts a little more. Yeah. There's more fall, falling though. You fall at the same spot every time, but mm-hmm. once you get it, it's a little bit more of a like a, an amoeba type feel as opposed to a you know. See when it comes to but I I disagree, uh, Clinton. Cause I don't like snowboarding. Um, I just I'm too old for it at this stage. I sure. feel like to actually learn learn. I have tried it. I don't like the fact that I don't have as much control okay. of my entire body. I actually think the opposite. Okay. So I I have never skied ever in my life. Ever. Really, Momo? And you're I athletic, so I feel like you could. Pull I know. This off you know easy. what? So what happens? I used to go up to the Sierras with my cousins, and we were like big uh, inner tubers. Uh, and sleds. Okay. Oh, the kids sure. did that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like yeah. inner tuber sled person, and then I had a I bad. Could do ex- that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's not fun. Hard. Just sit on um, your butt. But I had a bad experience <laughs> when I was a kid. I was going down. I was probably like five or six, and we went down. And then some older kid. Di- I was down at the bottom of the of the hill, and some older kid came just barreling down and just wiped me out. Oh. Like I was not. I didn't get up and get out of the way fast enough. I right. guess. And it like I really got like. You got like, decked. Yeah. yeah. Well, so for, then I was like me, kind of afraid after a long time. Right. After a while. No, you shouldn't be afraid. It's fine, it, especially if there's a lot of snow. Like if there's powder on the ground. It's actually if you fall, it's fine. How often um, do you go, George? Once a year. We used to go once a year. Yeah, I see. I I never lived. I mean, Toledo, you didn't live Ohio, in a space where you could pop out the to the mountain. Flattest place yeah. in the yeah. country. There's well, when like, we lived in Connecticut. You could you could drive to Vermont. It's super easy. You know what I mean? Like there's there's spots in the Northeast to go too. Right. So like there were places it's for just us a to lot go. Of work to go places like this. Uh, yeah, I mean it's fine. It's not that bad. The, the drive wasn't too bad. But um, and then like the drive back from Big Bear today was easy. It was like two and a half hours. I was back. We're good to go. You know. But the, the issue I I ran into <laughs> was on a holiday weekend, Momo. <laughs> To your point, yeah, avoiding barreling into people, yeah, too many people, because, bad, because bad there's skiers. too many people, a lot of newbies, yeah, right. So like when you, get, especially when you're getting towards the bottom of the of the mountain, and and it's like that's where all the 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 newbies are because it's like the bunny slopes are down looking, there, George, and and it's it's bad. Mm-hmm. Like so, I fell the two times I really <laughs> bit it was there. I just was, say you get down the mountain. You don't have to slalom. Just do it like that way. I'm George. Yeah. I'm, j- I'm jumping. jumping I'm doing a pantomime randomly. Oh, okay. And oh, which I, dude. which I am worried about because he did not stretch. No. <laughs> the two times I biffed it for real was avoiding people like, like falling in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably it's not my sport. It's not. I mean, I would give sport. it a shot, Mason. You could. Oh, I mean, you could afford the lesson. Like, do the lesson at least once. Yeah, I would do it. They're stretching. See why now. Yeah. 
Momo and CY stretching. Yeah, stretching. Uh, it feels good, right? It felt great. So, uh, hey, sh- Got your shoulders uh, rotated. Sh- <laughs> Shidana, what did you think of the uh, All Star Weekend? Were you excited by Mac McClung and what we saw yesterday? Well, I I, I like Mac McClung. Um, I've called I called his G League games at times. Like oh, I know nice. what kind of player he is. Um, I feel like Mac McClung is like a smaller Tyler Johnson. Okay, like mm-hmm. Tyler okay. Johnson was a guy. Right, that's a good comp, yeah, right, Momo? Good comp. Yeah, like he has, he can score. He clearly has hops, but he's just small. Like he's just, he's, he doesn't fit the prototype, I think, for an NBA player yeah. in most people's minds. So I think he, if he was a few inches taller, he would be Tyler Johnson, who got a $50 million contract at one point. But I'll tell you what, the thing that made the slam dunk contest great for him was that he didn't whiff. Yeah. Like the whiff. Oh, yeah, he missed a dunk. He did yeah. not miss a dunk. I agree. Yeah. He had four really cool original dunks. I have a question for you, Mason. And be honest, yep. did you know who Mac McClung was before this weekend? Uh, no, because we, we cracked I, the books on him last week, so I knew uh, he was McClung a South Bay Laker. Right. Ray Murphy okay. and all those guys here's were in. What, sure. Here's what I was asking around about him, like why is he, why is he not in the league? Okay, one scout told me he's a really good scorer, underrated passer, and rebounder for his size, but he needs to get stronger, mainly for defense, and figure out how ways to overcome his size. Mm-hmm. Right. He's right. got to play smart, take charges, stuff like that. Yeah. He's like a good scorer. He's good, you know. Right, but like, uh, like sorry, in, I don't mean to get too far into it. We don't need to get this far into this. No. Mac McClung at 6'2 won the dunk contest last night and yeah. did not miss and lit the place yeah. on fire. I, mean, I don't need to worry about what didn't happen. Right. I would like to see Mac McClung highlights versus Spud Webb highlights in the dunk contest. It's pretty similar. Spud Webb, I think, was like 5'10. Spud no, Webb was smaller than that, five, seven, doing what Mac McClung was doing right. with that level of authority. How tall is Spud Webb? Five Spud seven. Spud Webb just five, getting seven. dunks five, down seven. was the was the okay. was was the the uh, the novelty there. Mac McClung has been a dunk artist specialist yeah. superstar since, since he was school. in high school, yeah. right. which yeah, was yeah. at least five years ago. Probably even six years ago. I remember the first time five, I saw six. that. Five, first time six, I saw that guy, I was like, oh, uh, that white boy just banged on somebody in game mm-hmm. in a way that I've never seen literally in my life from somebody that right. small. Right. Not yeah. once. And his game developed. He ended up breaking scoring records in Virginia High School. I believe it was the game record of JJ Record and the career record of Allen Iverson. Yeah. Dude could fill it up. Right. This is not some, we're not talking about some and one streetball artist. Right. He was a basketball player who was recruited and played at Georgetown University, yeah. home of the Hoyas. And that's why I think, George, we can get into this later on the show. This was a big win for a certain generation of basketball. Hmm. Just kind of the internet, yeah. YouTube era, George, you know, where it's like guys who were not heavily recruited necessarily to big time schools but people knew who they were this was a massive win for that group of people in a great way yeah i I agree the few times i've called his g league games on espn he to to that point he has filled up the box score yeah right like he's really he's a good a very good g league player like an elite level g league player he was like on the lakers summer league team right he was he was on the lakers summer league team and he played for the south bay lakers for a while um so like He's a he's a legitimate good basketball player, but to your point, the size Ramona is the big thing because people love measurables, right? Like it's just the 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 novelty of Spud Webb, who was much smaller, and like Muggsy Bogues, who was much smaller. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of like six, and I would even say six one is generous for him. Um, right. But he comes from a family of athletes. His uncle is Seth McClung, who was a a, a longtime reliever in Major League Baseball. Facts. So. Yeah, so at, you know he he's got like he's an athlete, a legit athlete, no doubt. Now the All Star Game was the worst All Star Game I've ever seen. Yeah, I it thought was that was the, it was the worst by a lot. I just I thought so not representative of what the NBA is. Mm. I thought it was embarrassing. There was, I mean, Jason Tatum, blah blah blah. You know what? They were leaving him complete. It was a shoot around. I mean, he made it more was, threes than Kevin Herter did in the actual three-point contest. Right, but it was just a shoot-around. <laughs> yeah, glorified, what they call it? Glorified uh, layup lines? Yeah. I've seen layup lines that are way better than that that were not glorified. But, I mean, if that's going to be the All-Star game, I don't know why you want an All-Star game. George, I said on the program today, the television program today, you want to give this a little juice? Just do it like they did the rookie game years ago. Make it USA versus the world. You'll get yeah, some Well, they asked Luca about that yeah. during the broadcast, uh, if yeah. you recall, in the first quarter. Yeah. Well, that's the way to go. I would do it. That's the yeah. way to go. I mean, if you want some inherent uh, juice to the rivalry without yeah. changing up a bunch of stuff, yeah. Yep. Just give, do it that way. Give it national pride. It works. It works. You guys both uh, do a lot of television, and 
And Ramona, too. And Ramona, also. I, I already yeah. took the last off, so I, he doesn't realize. I, I played this earlier, and I am in defense of this guy. Listen. What did you think of LeBron's selections among the reserves? Man, ain't no bad picks today. All these guys are great. Why does it sound like you're drunk? Okay. I think that it was actually the mic. It was. I, he kept looking at it. Yeah. Right. It's there was a delay, and yeah. when there's a delay, I sang the national anthem once at a place where, you know, there was a delay, the sound bouncing back at you, and your tendency is to slow down when the sound you wait isn't till getting what you back said to you. Is done. Yeah. You're done hearing it. Correct. That's what you're used to. So doing. I don't think everybody's like, oh, Charles was. Drunk. I actually think there was a technical problem. Let's be clear about this. If Charles was drunk or anybody was drunk, I don't care. Oh yeah, I, I mean I that's cool. Get drunk on New Year's Eve with the anchors guy. You're a CNN. You, yes, yes. I, I need more of that. Yeah, in general, in the All Star game, particularly in Utah. Yeah, we're in a daggone thing to do. I'm fine with that, even if that was the case. But I think you're right. It was a technical issue. Technical issue, right, George? Yeah, it seemed obvious. He kept looking at the microphone. Also, Ernie sounded issue. like slowed. Ernie down also, too. there was a moment where yeah. Ernie was the same way. So I. I just thought somebody needed to I stick was up for Charles. So What's up know. with the sound guys there? What's going on? You tell yeah, me, baby. There Give was weird, two. weird sound stuff. Would you? Uh, w- w- have you been to Salt Lake City before? I have. Yeah. Did you enjoy? Did you? Enjoy I it? did the Olympics in 2002. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you were there for like a. Like oh, was that yeah. your luge call? That was for my skeleton? luge call. Oh. Exactly. That's when I did all the sliding sports nice. for uh, nice. for the Olympics. Nice. Now, what is the difference between skeleton and luge? Skeleton. Face first. Yeah. Skeleton is Ooh. belly down, face yeah. first. Oh, my Way God. scarier, in my luge opinion. Luge is on your back, feet right. first. And right. then bobsled. I actually went down in the bobsled, which was really cool. Did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah, really Was cool. there another human in the bobsled? Yes, there was. Okay. It was a two-person bobsled. I obviously did nothing but rode along, but it gave me a feel for oh. the track and exactly where the turns were Ooh. and all that kind of stuff. That's terrifying. Fun. Very scary. That's some of the best. I, honestly, if I go back, that's some of the best work I ever did. Nice. Was at, that, at those Olympics. I had so much fun. Salt Lake, of all the Olympics, Salt Lake, and I've gotten to do a bunch, Salt Lake was my favorite one. I thought it was going to be boring because it was just in the U.S., but it wound up being the most fun of any did of you the get Olympics. A, uh, did you get an invite to the village? Uh, oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> they did the coolest thing at the Salt Lake Olympics. <laughs> Maze, I don't oh, think on. you realized what he was asking on. you. <laughs> Ramona, yeah, yeah, to the I village, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, uh, the Olympic village. Oh. Where they hand out the you most prophylactics of any place in the world at any given moment is the Olympic village. It goes down mm-hmm. in the Olympic village. I meant, like, did, you know, well, never mind. Okay. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, okay. Yeah. It was fun? There's a story. Oh, uh, ah, jam uh, up. Off air. Don't don't do yeah, it. Yeah, off air. Don't do it. Wow. Well, then wow. people start lining up with like, when was those? When were the right? People start triangulating, yeah. and then you get people. Yeah, you don't want. But that. there was a thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. There was a thing. It was great. Uh, but <laughs> the, the whole thing about that Olympics was when they gave the medals out that you all went to downtown Salt Lake and they had a different band playing every night. So they do give out the medals and then Dave Matthews band would play or Justin Timberlake would do a show or they had really good acts. What year was this? 2002. So this was like pre, you didn't get a, like a you up text. You had to have somebody personally invite you. Correct. Hand to hand. Correct. Into the village. Yes. My man. Yeah. That's what All I'm right. talking about. All right. That's, that's, what that's, that's solid. Yeah. We totally botched that. Attaboy, yeah, we did. But we it's okay. Botched. It's okay. We, we did it better. All right. There we go. Right. Um, that's good work. How do you? Yeah. It was nice. fun. It was fun. Nice. Shinano, uh, Ramona's covering her face if you're not watching the YouTube. Momo. There's like there's just so many TT jokes in there and I've just. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You heard that. You heard my brother's going to be my partner, uh, yeah. Shinano. Really? Is yeah. He flying in for this? Yeah. He's flying in from Toledo, Ohio. Brian Mashotsky. On Spirit. On Spirit. Row 32A. Yep, on spirit, gets the guest room, uh, okay. into play. He's right. uh, Is he good? He's a ringer. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a ringer. They have a scale of one to five, apparently like golf, you know, you have a handicap. He's a four plus. I, I don't understand how the handicap works. I don't either. I just what he said. Fun fact, I watched a little uh, pickleball over the weekend, George. Because Are you scouting? The, no, it was just on. Okay. And they're in Daytona, the same place that the Daytona 500 was. Oh, I guess yeah. they sort of satellite do their things where other things happen. Yep. And uh, I watched a little I watched a little doubles. Nice. I watched a little mixed doubles, oh. which apparently is the most popular version of uh, mm. pickleball. That was news to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Shadano, are you going to practice with Cappy? We were supposed to practice weeks ago, and then, remember I told you, he was like, oh, I don't feel well, I partied too hard at Yamava, oh, and then right. we didn't get a chance to do it, 
And now we're supposed to do it this week. We originally picked Wednesday, but it's supposed to like pour on Wednesday. Oh, no. Oh, we no. were going to go play on Wednesday. Yeah, it's supposed to like come because, down. There's another storm. Oh, it coming. is supposed to it's rain. It's supposed on to Wednesday. rain. Oh crap! Mm. It's supposed to rain on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Wednesday. This is outdoors. So we maybe we may no have to push the Thursday. Courts. You can't play yeah. indoors. There are indoor courts. Yeah, yeah. it's hard yeah. to find a court. Yeah, yeah. Thursday may have to be the day. So I don't know. We'll see. But All you know right. him. Like he's such a flake. He is kind of flaky. Well, Sedano, yeah. let me know. I'm I'm down to swing the rackets now that I have mine. By the way, it has been issued to me. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. I just got mine. It says Big CY on it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I, it's going to be a great event. By the way, if you don't have uh, a seat yet at this thing, uh, you want to jump, ESPNLA.com. It'll be like, you know, like when we did the softball yeah. game. It was like everybody was out there. Uh, it, really fun, big event, kid zone, beer garden, like all kinds of stuff DJ, out there. I'm understanding. DJ. Yeah, it's going to be a fun day. Uh, and I intend to... Stretch. Bang! There you go. You got it. He got his own line. <laughs> He's very excited. I don't know about that gesture, though. Yeah. I, um, that was a little side you know, I, I don't know. I, really I, know what that I, was. I feel like we're going to be out in the first round, Mason, because Cappy is just not taking this seriously. Okay, no. so, Sedano, let's talk about, you know, we're talking about this during the show. How about that? Good I think tea. we got a win in us. You know what, uh, Sedano, I think you need to have a backup plan. I think, I, think you I, need do, to. I, I need to, too. So, George and I are going to talk about this, right? Maybe, maybe there, might a a little covert, there might be a covert operation happening oh, today I feel, on the program. I Beto and Cappy, you're going to stick those two together? It's a one deal. Those guys, those the first guys, oh, my God. Those guys will off. hate each other They're really just going to show up and goof off. That's fine. You can do that on a softball field. You can't do it no, on a No, but here's the thing about Kaplan. Yeah, right. Is that he wants to... Like, he thinks we can go out there and win the whole thing, except he thinks like he can just literally just walk out there and do it. Yeah, no, you can't. We went through a lesson last week. You cannot just walk out no, there. No, I've got the exact not. opposite problem with Beto. Beto doesn't even want to be there. He just says he wants to play a game and hang out and lose in the first round. It I'm was like, like me and my sister like, with the Papa show. Oh, five years ago, I hit 62 at the Dave and Buster's. They were like, go ahead and do it now. And I was like, 10. <laughs> Mo, we played Papa shot last week. Momo was, was really icing bad. her arm on It was on so Friday. bad. Dude, was, you know was, that yeah. Craig Carmazin, the um, the CEO and owner yeah. of the station, Yeah, he, he sent us a picture, me and Chris, yeah. 84. Whoa! He scored an 84? Wow. Yeah, that's a big number. Big that's time. impressive. Yeah, He practices. That's why he's the big boss. All right, uh, that's it for us. Hey, we're back tomorrow. Actually, me and... Uh, yeah, it's you and me tomorrow. Yeah, so I'll be we'll, here. We'll wow. do that I'm here tomorrow. every day this week, listeners, different day parts, figure it out. Wow. Exactly. All right, <laughs> uh, coming up next for you is Shadano with the Big CY, 710 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Yeah! Bum, bum. Dee, da, da, dee. I'm going so low. There we go. Here, George. Fighting a big bear. Get my parking space. What's up, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, man. I'm pretty juiced up. I did a little TV earlier today and I had to hang around downtown to get down here to do this. So I am ready to rock, amigo. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sitting in today. And I. To answer Christopher's question, I actually didn't watch a ton of the All-Star game. Not intently. I was skiing pretty late. I didn't get back until I did a little night skiing, too, day into night. So I didn't get back. I got back the last round of the three-point competition. Okay. So I saw Dame, Buddy Healed, and who was the third guy? Um, Halliburton. Halliburton. Yeah, right, Tyrese Halliburton. Messed up form. Yeah, but it goes in. Uh, so I, I uh, reminds me of Kevin Martin a little bit, little but bit. not as bad as Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin was definitely way worse. But the, 
Yeah, so I that's when I started to watch, and then I saw Mac. You know, I was interested in watching Mac. Honestly, yesterday it was on. Do you know what I what, what the best part of Sunday was to me? I've never been a big Sunday guy. I've been saying for years that Sunday stinks. Right. That Saturday is the better event, and it. it I mean, I don't think that's disputable. Not really anymore. much of a question. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I did enjoy on Sunday. The selection of the teams, really? the way they did it. You liked, I liked that? It. Yep, did. Did you like it in theory or did you like it in practice? I, I thought it was better than doing it on TNT on a Thursday night, two or three nights before. Fair, fair. What you I know? said today was what I would have liked, and George, you've been on a million pickup courts, is that it was just close enough to sort of real basketball, so to speak, but it was also just far away enough. That's not how pickums go. Pickums go, two dudes shoot it at the top of the key, and then you just point at the guys that you want, and then you play basketball. I, I thought that if they were going to get that sort of theatric with it, George, I needed a little bit more kayfabe. I needed a little bit more roast element. They were being way nice to each other the entire yeah, time. And yeah. I'm like, what's the point of picking teams in front of everybody if you're going to be decent? Somebody yeah, throw a shot, you know. I, 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 I you would never gonna get. You were never gonna get that. No. I think the closest you would get is if two guys didn't actually like each other, where they were just gonna like not pick them, and it was gonna be obvious. Um, and I don't even feel like there was any of that. You know what I mean? Because just like LeBron and Giannis, for the most part, are guys that like to be liked by their peers. Yeah. Um, maybe not when they're on the basketball floor per se, but off the court, they do. So I, I, yeah. So I wasn't. You weren't gonna get that. That's for sure. Well, but I this mean, is definitely better than, uh, you know, Giannis and LeBron via satellite on Thursday night on TNT, and Chuck and Kenny and Shaq and Ernie just laughing off. You know, I, the the only thing that that was that made it good or that made that good mm-hmm. was that Chuck could fire off jokes a lot faster. Sure, they were live and they were there and they could fill in that sort of comedic portion. But it just took my thing, George. It just took too long. Yeah, that, that, that did that take was, long. That was yes, really my only concern is that I felt like we were going on forever and ever. And it's like, look, you know, we're here to play. I, I, we're here to play basketball. I'm using air quotes, but it just felt like this was such a big buildup to something that ultimately as a game. Not that great. Yeah. But Michael Malone uh, and I know we have the audio. Um, we were going to talk about this a little later, but might as well just do it now. It's sure. easier. But Michael Malone, like, didn't mince words right do we do we have the audio of michael malone laura from the denver nuggets the who was the coach for the team lebron i believe yesterday go ahead well i don't know i think the all-star game is one of the worst games ever played <laughs> so i mean it's i mean it's it's entertaining which is what it you know should be i mean but it's from a basketball quality standpoint i mean i think the game that i coached in charlotte i think like there are 153s attempted by both teams, so uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of that, good for you. So, you know what my thought on all of this is? Sure. Is that basically the All-Star Game is just a small byproduct of what we've created as a culture in the NBA. Oh. And what I mean by that is this, is that the only thing that matters is having a championship to your resume. And I think that that stuff precludes guys from wanting to compete at the all-star game at a high level because it doesn't give you any currency. You know what I mean? Like we talk about it in like the old school terms of he was a 15 time all-star or whatever. Right. Like, yeah. But does it really buy you any real currency anymore? I, I just don't think that happens when I was growing up and you were growing up like Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing and those guys didn't win a championship but we did think they were some of the greatest players we'd ever seen. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think guys, because of internet culture and because the media uh, also buys into this, I, you know, the, the, the league has also kind of bought into this and the players as well, that it's like championship or bust, right? So if you compete in the slam dunk competition, guys don't want to do it because, like, it doesn't give me any currency. Like, be, winning the slam dunk competition doesn't do anything. Now, I, I actually think the reverse would be the case now because nobody does it anymore. Right. Um, nobody good. But I, I think that th- this is just a one byproduct of the larger problem the NBA has, which is everything but the championship and the playoffs doesn't matter. The regular season doesn't seem to matter as much, um, which is the whole load management thing we can get into later. But do, do you do you feel me on this? I like agree. I. Okay, I, I agree with you 100%. I said this uh, okay. on TV today, but I'll take it a little even farther. I, I don't actually think it's just championships that matter. I would go so far as to say 
The basketball doesn't matter, George. What matters is, and listen, hear me out, Los Angeles. This is not a knock. This is just an evolution of what fans care about. The in-game product of the NBA is secondary, tertiary at best to A, what guys are wearing and what they look like when they're coming to the court, which is fine. I love that. Everybody knows that I love the fashion part of the game. Two, what the end result numbers are. And three, just the general vibe of like where you are, who you're playing with, and whether or not people like you. On-court results are just a reason to talk about everything else. The basketball games in the NBA have mattered less to the average fan than they ever have. And as a result, this is weird, the league is more popular than ever because the personalities are what people are attracted to in terms of what they do. What yeah, they play on I, the court he, he, is he, not he, as important he, as you think. George, you are way deeper in the NBA than I am. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just saying that in terms of the humans you interact with. But for regular sports fans... The way that the NBA looks to them, it's like this inside thing where transaction Twitter takes over everything. Yes, and yes, all okay. of that, and it's just it's a different product than just watching the games and watching guys put the ball. It, the it, it is too inside in this regard. Um, it's kind of like what I would re- what I would say about like a radio show, right? <laughs> yes. So, for example, our radio show, some people think it's too inside, um, but the people that love this radio show, as you've seen in the Sedano and Cap Circle of Trust community on Twitter, are like in on every word. And you know what I mean? Can't like, get enough. Correct. Now, I think sometimes that precludes people from the outside feeling welcome, which, by the way, shouldn't be that way because it's not like we try to be insular in this situation. We're always inviting people to be part of that community. But, but it does come across that way. And I think that in the NBA, that's what's happened is we – the, everybody gets glorified um, because they win championships. It's why there's so much player mobility, right? Right. Because it was like, oh, you haven't won a championship. You don't want to be Barkley. You don't want to be uh, Ewing. You don't want like you know what I'm saying. Like you, was, you don't want to be Stockton and Malone. Like we we kind of made that a thing. And I think the media is big time to blame here too. Don't get me wrong. I would agree. Rings Mountain is something that people talk about all the time. But I will say this also, George. If you ask. The average kid in, I don't know, anywhere from third grade to senior year in high school in America or across secondary schools in America, who their favorite athlete was, they'd probably tell you an NBA player, even if they don't watch a ton of NBA. And that's what I'm getting at, is that the popularity of the league is not suffering remotely. It is and it isn't. I don't think it it is, but I feel No, no, it, it is not suffering in the sense of the NBA of all the sports, okay, is the best to consume in regards to the social media stratosphere, right? Like, yeah. like if you watch, I'll give you a perfect example. And you you may or may not know this, but the ESPN YouTube page, if you go there right now, I would say if you looked at the top 100 most viewed videos, I would say the overwhelming majority are NBA related. Okay. Because to your point, that that audience consumes it differently than football, let's say, where the majority of people consume it on linear television because it's once a week. You right. know what I mean? Like, and, and I think that, that that is part of their problem too, though. <laughs> because I agree. at the end of the day, you're not, getting, you're, you're not getting casuals to watch your sport if you're too inside and it's being consumed. It, it doesn't – and the product feels like it's been – uh, like watered down because you're not getting the best efforts until April 15th, basically. I totally agree. And I think that this is the decision that the NBA has to make. What kind of do you want to be about basketball or do you want to be about the culture of celebrity? And sure, you can do both. But here's that's the catch 22 in this scenario. You want it to be popular. So when KD comes out and says something like, oh, yeah, I think guys going from team to team likes to makes the league more popular, the league is plenty popular. TV ratings are one metric, as you know. You know what I'm saying? That uh, that only. But it's the one that delivers the most money. But not necessarily in terms of what's going to deliver the most money in the future. Is my personal opinion on this, and this is where if the competitive balance of the league changes, because investors, advertisers don't think the games matter anymore because they've been convinced. Well. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like maybe you're actually selling something else. And that's a, that's a question I think that the NBA is going to have to figure out because all of those sort of older school fans who love 
chalk talking what goes on with action and sets and so on and so forth on the court. Those aren't the people that are still going to be spending dollars in this league 10 years from now. Those people are going to be oh, no, agreed. aged agreed. or dead. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like yeah. that's what the league has to figure out. It's an interesting so conundrum I, right I, now. I can give you just a quick example. And let's do this on the other side. Sure. I'll give you a quick example of my children, eight and four, okay? Right. And how they consume sports, all right? And, I mean, everything in general, but specifically sports, okay? So we'll get to that and... You know, we can actually be granular and talk about the uh, actual upcoming games because LeBron said that the next 23 are the most important of his career, potentially. So we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. Stick around. We're back in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. I love this song. It's a great song. Power ballad. Mm. Hits hard. It does hit hard. Right up there with I'm going down. I'm going down as a banger too. I would say that this it almost the, has like an old school feel to it. Yeah. Oh yeah. This sounds like something Etta James would be singing. You know? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh, get it, girl. Come on now. So you put your hands up in church. Yeah. You know what I will say about the All-Star game before I tell you about how uh, LeBron thinks this is the most important stretch of his career in the regular (laughs) season um, and how my children consume sports, which lends to the conversation we were having. Uh, I think that the one thing the All-Star game, the NBA All-Star game does well, I mean, I think baseball does this too. Uh, obviously different audiences. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I think that the NBA does a really good job of celebrating itself at those games. And it's culture, to your point. Um, I thought the halftime shows were great. Fantastic. You know, they have people like Janelle Monet out there. You know what I mean? Just it, just introducing people, introducing these bands and these artists. Like I think that part of it is always fun and interesting to me. Even Post Malone, right? Like yeah. on, before the game starts. Like I think all that stuff to me, they do a really good job of putting on a show in that regard. I totally agree. And what I, I guess what I'm saying is, and we don't have to jump on this before you get to your stories, is that if I'm a casual fan of sports, there's an outside argument that all that other stuff is better than the basketball because you never know who's going to play. But that's a different discussion, so go on. Um, so, real quick to your point about uh, consumption, right? Yep. My children, eight and four, now four, you know, kind of barely understands YouTube, you know, for kids or whatever. But when he consumes a lot, I mean, he'll sit, st- watch stuff with me, but my eight-year-old, dude, she, if she's going to watch anything, it's highlights, it's clips, it's mm-hmm. YouTube hits. Like, it's that stuff. And if they're doing it at that age, I mean, I can tell you for sure that older kids are definitely consuming it that way. And that is good, to your point, but not, but also in the day and age where we're still uh, creating the most money from linear television deals, for the most part, right. I still think that that is um, a little bit of fool's gold in some sense. Let me ask yeah. you this, George. Does she, I mean, she's eight, so like right. we're not going to start tracking her athletic career now, but does she play basketball? Uh, she just started. Okay. Okay. And I think that's where... Because this is kind of an issue that, and I don't want to get too far crossing streams here, but this is kind of baseball's issue too, is that basketball's main draw used to be, at least from my opinion, from a cultural standpoint, being a brother from the East Coast, from D.C., big basketball city, forget about the pros, people just played. The connectivity to the game was that people played basketball. Like You liked it because you you knew what it was like on some level, even at the smallest, to play. I feel like we're moving far, far away from that. And that's not a knock on people that are fans of the game who don't play. I just think it's very different from what the typical fan base of the sport used to be. It's gotten so far away from, I competed in this game and I kind of liked it as a kid, to... I care about leagues, I care about rings, I care about jerseys, and I care about my city. It's 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 right. the NBA is a separate product from basketball now, which is fine, but it's it's a tough road to hoe because if these people decide they don't like basketball anymore because they don't like the way the league oper rather they don't like the NBA anymore because they don't like the way the league operates, it affects the sport writ large. And it's it's very difficult. I think Silver is actually navigating some very tough waters here in terms of what he's trying to produce as a product overall. 
Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating to see how all of it evolves over time. We're going to be old and gray for yes. sure by then. Um, but I am about gathers and right, <laughs> carries, right. you know. Yes, correct. Um, but, you know, look, I, I, I think more and more people clearly are watching stuff on YouTube. I mean, Lindsay, I know you spend a lot of time, um, you know, you, you consume stuff because you're consuming stuff for the show particularly. But I would imagine also on your own time, you're consuming a lot of stuff on social channels and i think that that is eventually going to be the currency but i just don't know if it's there just yet from a monetary standpoint i think i mean i was telling laura we were just talking about it as we came in here for the show i didn't watch the game on tv i followed along on social media because now it's at the point where everyone just tweets clips live like they're up within a minute or two of things happening and as long as you're following like you know you're following the right accounts and stuff but like my nephew for example he's 11 he's almost 12 and he texted me about like the dunk contest during the day yesterday and yeah. i know that he's not sitting there watching it at home on tv he's watching right. it on his phone yeah i don't have a problem with that and i think that's kind of what i'm getting at george is that the, the wh- how we intake what the nba product is is very you know it's a la carte now it's yeah. buffet you pop in that's but you don't have to sit down and have a waiter serve you the meal anymore yeah. the way that it yeah. used to be and I don't know yeah. that that's a problem it's the league is as big as it's just on casual humans that we know George the NBA is as big as it's ever been and that goes from ages all the way on down and I I I don't know that this is a bad thing unless one is a basketball purist and the question becomes whether or not the NBA wants to be a big part of growing the actual game or whether or not they want to sort of outsource that to everybody else. Again, a la MLB, right. take the t- take the cut off the top and then grow themselves as a league. The NBA always felt to me like they were closer to trying to grow the game than they were the league. I feel like that's taken a shift in the last five years. Yeah. Now... Speaking of uh, menu, LeBron has served us up one today. Uh, well, actually, yesterday, but it, it, for today's consumption. And he said, quote, it's 20, as in the next 23 games of the regular season, it's the 23 most important games of my career for a regular season, LeBron James said. James explained his stance, revealing the urgency didn't start uh, over the All-Star break, but at the end of last season when the Lakers failed to qualify for the postseason, just the fourth time in his career that happened. He added, quote, I want to make a push for the playoffs. I don't want to I don't want to see myself not being a part of the postseason for two straight years. Uh, it's just not part of my DNA. We're sitting up here talking about the scoring record and things of that nature, and that's all cool, but I'm more passionate about trying to make the postseason and give ourselves a chance to compete for another Larry O'Brien trophy. That's just who I am. That's what I'm cut from. So I, I get it. There is a sense of urgency because it's like, yo, bro, I can't, I'm LeBron bleeping James. I can't at this stage of my career be missing playoffs like at this point. Like, come on. <sighs> I mean, this is... I mean, it could happen, though. Right. This is kind of... And I don't mean to say this... You know, flippantly, this is kind of seasonally depressive LeBron. You know what I'm saying? When LeBron not watching, rather watching the playoffs from home is is is, is correct. It's not it's a weird. part of his DNA. It's it's, it's weird. very weird. Um, we all know the stats about how many times he made the playoffs, never mind the finals. And so I, I believe him in his own intent, George. But let's be real. The last 23 games of the 2022-23 Lakers season are not the most important 23 games of LeBron James's career. That's what well, he said in the regular season. Uh, sure, either either way. All right, because like who he is as an important player to the NBA. Again, never mind the basketball in general. I, I just think that's a guy and a player and a team leader trying to make sure that he can motivate himself beyond the records, which I don't have an issue with, but. I mean, is anybody around the NBA losing any sleep if the Lakers miss the play-in? I don't really actually think so from any standard point of view that's not from the Lakers. And so LeBron's trying to figure out a way to motivate himself. Well, I'll tell you this. So you're saying like the rest of the league is what you mean. Well, I mean, like, I don't think we're all sitting on pins and needles who are not super Lakers fans worrying about whether or not LeBron James is going to make the playoffs again. I I really don't. So a year ago, I would have said you're nuts. Okay. But... Last year, prior to the finals, it was the largest, like, first and second round and even conference finals to some extent in a number of years. But particularly the first and second round, it was the most we had seen in nearly a decade. (laughs) And that's without the Lakers. Right. So I would have have summarily dismissed you a year ago at this time. 
I do agree with you to some extent that it it definitely um, is not like it's not insurmountable for the league anymore. But I I'm a firm believer that if the Lakers are in the playoffs, it does make things more interesting for the league. And look, I would say the same about the Knicks, except you know. I mean, they don't really make the playoffs all that often historically. You mean, the next, that team, part of the, you mean the next team LeBron's going to? <laughs> no, I I thought as soon as is like the Lakers not making the playoffs and the Nets got bounced, I was just like, eh, it's cool. I'll still watch it, but it was missing something. Really? No but KD the, and no the, LeBron, yeah. The first two rounds of the playoffs were as big as they were in nearly a decade last year. Truly. I personally didn't think they were as fun to watch when you know. Without well, I think I think them. I think you, me, and a lot of people are at that age where, and this has to do with also this is sort of a sidebar corollary point, the competitiveness of the All Star game. Like, there's got to be a turnover in the league for some of these veterans because yes, you have to make room for younger players and younger yeah. people to fill out the ranks well, of the. We stars saw that the yesterday Rockets. at yeah. the All Star game. Yeah. Like. I was sitting there with my, uh, you know, my in-laws came with us to, to go skiing with the kids and whatnot. And we were watching the game and my father-in-law was, you know, he's 70 years old. He's like, man, I don't even know half these guys. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. But th- to your point, eventually that turnover needs to happen to some extent. And that's what fans and kids are kind of into is that that younger generation of guys who does what they who do what they do. Yeah, they're not. You ain't going, you know, you wouldn't be shooting in the gym. They're not those kind of guys. I'm not saying they're not hard workers. I'm not implying that they don't have the same commitment to their craft that other guys in the NBA do. It just doesn't look the same. That's yeah. not what you see from them. You see them having fun. And so, therefore, when you see them not achieving on the basketball court the way that some people have told them they're supposed to be, you assume that one comes at the cost of the other. That's not necessarily the case. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, I would also add, though, that I do think that these games are really important for LeBron, though, because you cannot – your Laker tenure through five seasons cannot be um, – didn't make the playoffs, then traded for Anthony Davis, won a championship. The year after that, um, then they get bounced in the first round after going through the play-in, and then not make the playoffs, not make the playoffs. You can't have that. I mean, like, they didn't you make the playoffs for seven years prior to LeBron's arrival. I, I understand, but I'm talking about for his own like sanity. <laughs> yeah, I see saying. what you're saying. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. you can't have that. That's not acceptable. You can't, because, you know, he wants to be the guy who – he wants to be in the argument for the greatest player ever – and he I, look, I don't think that changes my opinion. I, I, I like of where he is in that particular conversation. But I know that there, there's plenty of people that would change their perception of where he lies in that conversation. And I do think that the championship culture we were just talking about earlier, um, he's lived it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's he why is championship he, culture. It's why he, but it's why player empowerment started with him because he's like, well, if all you guys are telling me I got to keep winning championships, then I got to keep going where I can get championships. Right. You know? Right. No, I get. That. I gotta, I gotta go places where I have a legit shot of winning championships. No, it's very true. But to me, I mean, like, look, you're LeBron James, bro. The last 23 games of this season are not going to define anything other than how you ended your Well, but it will, it, it will, right. But that's yeah. not a small anecdote, no, in my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, it's it's the arguably the crown jewel of the sport and one of the greatest players ever colliding. And it would have, it, listen, if they missed the playoffs, if you look at a five-year stretch, I mean, you can make the argument that it wasn't a real success. <sighs> I'm not, okay. We'll talk about that later. I we could. I can't even entertain that right I now. I would not. I would not say that. But okay. I could. But if you did, if you made that argument, I'd be like, Oh, plenty of humans I, I, down at crypto will tell you that. No, but I and I would be like, I mean, I kind of get where you're coming from. Like, I wouldn't agree, but I would kind of get it. Right. Right. Okay. So, all right. Listen, coming up next, you're here. Yes. So we're going to talk some baseball today. We also okay? have to talk about pickleball. This is important. Okay. okay. We can talk about pickleball, we but I need pickleball. I need a baseball fix with you <laughs> okay. today. Let's okay? do it. So we're going to spread that out uh, over the show, but we're going to get in some baseball next because there are two things regarding um, one is the Dodgers and one is the Padres that needs to be discussed like ASAP. And we're going to do that next. You know, I don't remember the name of the documentary I saw on Kurt Cobain, but I remember it being really fascinating to watch. Like, I couldn't stop watching it. Um, Which, by the way, same thing happened to me yesterday on a documentary. I saw the Bill Russell one yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my God. Out of control good. I haven't seen that, but are you referring to the documentary that's as much about... um, Courtney? Yes. Courtney as it is about Kurt? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's an awkward one. It's it's awkward, but good. (laughs) 
Yeah. But it keeps you there. Is yeah. what I'm saying. It keeps you there. All right. Yeah. Might yeah. take you somewhere else too. That's yeah. a tough one. Uh, Lindsay, did you, uh, have you seen, I know you're the documentary person, so that's why I'm, I'm assuming you've seen the Nirvana one. I mean, there's a few of them. There's one called, did it, is it the one called Montage of Heck, where it had like a lot of illustrations and stuff while they were reading his diary? No. Yes. That's the one, well, yes. that's not the one I, wait. Well, that, I, I've seen that one too. I yeah, think there's two of them. There's one with Courtney. Bleach. Yeah. The there's one, one with Courtney and then there's one. Bleach yeah, is what I'm talking one with about. Courtney, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've seen both of those. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Montage of Heck because Soaking it had his journal tough one. entries. Yeah. yeah. I liked them both. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you a question here, um, Clinton, mm-hmm. because I want to talk about the Dodgers and I want to talk about the Padres, or as Laura calls them, the what? Laura, what do you call the Padres? Doo-doo colors. Yeah, the doo-doo colors. Yeah. Um, so the, let's start with the Dodgers here. Is there any cause for concern that Clayton Kershaw cannot get an insurance policy to pitch in the World Baseball Classic? Like, you you are the baseball guy. Sure. So, I mean, on the surface, that doesn't sound great, is what I would say. But do you? I know this is not unprecedented. It has happened to other players before in this particular tournament. But I, I you know, I guess it shouldn't be that surprising because of his injury history. But I don't know. What do you think? Okay, so there, there's a couple things at play here. Number one is... Kershaw himself and number two is how it has to do with the Dodgers now it is not uncommon for guys to not get insured at that age the past history to play outside things here's my thing though is that like this is going to sound terrible to say but if Clayton Kershaw is that important to this year's rotation this team is not that good that, mm. that's, that's my personal opinion. We're talking about a man who's basically injured every year, and I don't say that yeah. flippantly. I say that in yeah. terms of just the and, and by the way, you are referring to the Dodgers right now, not the U.S. team for no. the World Baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah, forget the yeah. U.S. team. That's yeah. a different discussion yeah. altogether. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. about the Dodgers. If you're relying on Clayton Kershaw as your one, two, or three, this is not a very good rotation. That's not a knock on who Kershaw is. It's not a knock on who Kershaw has been. That is is a statement of what expectations have to be for a 35-year-old guy with that level of injury history. Like, I'm sorry. Players are players. They don't don't just, you know, this is not a video game here. And so I I do think there's a level of concern, but the level of concern is different than one may think. You know what I mean? Like, him getting on the field is important to the Dodgers, I think, for as much – frankly, sentimental value at this point than it is for them trying to make some huge push uh, towards the NL West because you're going to have to be deeper than that. Walker Bueller's a bigger question in terms of like what you know what what you want somebody to come back to do. Never mind Dustin May. I, I just like I love Clayton. I think he's one of the better pitchers of his generation. But he's signing one-year deals for a reason, George. And that reason is that you cannot realistically expect a man of that age who's given that much to the game to just make it through a season unscathed yeah. and still perform at the highest level. Right. Now, look, I do think they're going to have to count on him at least in a at least in a two or three spot, potentially. Three is more likely because I, I would be stunned if Walker Bueller pitched this coming well, right, season. Right. But what I'm saying is that in case somebody else doesn't come up as an arm, what we know right. that they do well, the Dodgers, is – you know, develop talent. You know, sure, it's entirely no doubt. possible that no spot doubt. starts become yeah. what Clayton is about because that's all that's available. Right. Because I mean, Urias is probably your 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 ace now. He's right? my one. He's he's yeah. he's my one. Yeah. Um, and then Gonsolin. Gonsolin. Gonsolin is an innings guy, at least in my opinion. Who's but I, I still think Dustin May is also coming off injury. Dustin May has the next best stuff. Yeah. In my no doubt. Personal opinion. No doubt. Of that staff. Right. That's, that's and then me. Noah Syndergaard is just a complete wild card. Yeah, you point. never know. You never know with Syndergaard. Another guy that's coming off of injury after a couple different squads, kind of trying to retool his career. To me, Urias May Gonsolin is what you want. Kershaw is your spot guy when he's available, and it's fun. But no, his play or not play for the WBC is a concern that is entirely separate of what the strategic okay. matter is of how he fits into the Dodgers game plan is what I'm saying. Now, let me ask you a second question, because the big story today in Major League Baseball is of the Padres and Manny Machado saying he's going to test free agency. He's going to opt out after this coming season. And if I were a Padre fan, now look, the Padres have Xander Bogarts and they have Juan Soto and a lot of moves, Tatis, and they've got a lot of guys, right? Like, there's no doubt. But, I mean, Manny Machado was a big reason why they succeeded last year. So, and and I get baseball is weird that way because one guy certainly can help one year, you know, can change the next season. A lot of things, you know, a lot of moving parts can make things different. 
But I, I don't think that's like a small deal that he's like, hey, by the way, going to test free agency the year after uh, this, this season. I don't think it's a small deal in the sense of he wants a big deal, which right. is why and he's And the Padres his- are probably, if I had to guess, and I don't know like the operating income of the franchise, I know the owner is loaded. Right. And can afford to lose money. But my guess is that team is losing money. Oh, they've got to be. And you saw the contract they just gave you, Darvish, of all people. Right. Like, right. I think that's where Machado sort of is in this. And not to relate it to other leagues, but remember when Kyrie said, oh, I want to get traded um, from the Nets. Well, the operating principle there was that he actually wanted an extension, but they weren't going to sign it. They weren't going to give it to him. I, I think right. this is as much as that. This is the leverage position that Machado has. At this point before the season, he can say, my deadline is passed. I'm going to test the market. Y'all are handing out money to everybody else. I've been here. I'm not the nonsense guy on some levels that Fernando Tatis is. I'm not an outfielder. I am a leader of this team. Like right. I understand where he's positioning for. I just don't know how that well how well that's going to go with the clubhouse considering how many new additions they've made. He's basically the stalwart that's been on the team from a star position. He, I don't think this adult. is something that should right. I don't think it's something that should have come yeah. out publicly if I'm Manny. Which, which, by the way, Dodger fans would be stunned by because they hated him when he was here because yeah. he didn't run it out and all that stuff. But there's no denying his talent. I don't think there's any question about that. And he grew up. At least last year, it, it looked like he was the adult in the room in that clubhouse. Yeah, and he's good. This is not a situation where you're getting flash-in-the-pan stuff from a once-a-week guy. Not remotely. Manny Machado is one of the best third basemen in the game. And if he wants to opt out, I think that's him signaling, I want more money, and I know you have it. Hmm. The Padres have got an interesting situation this year, George. They put on so many people. There's too many guys. uh, uh, Too many guys. What does that mean? (laughs) There's too many guys. Like, what are they going to do? I feel like there's, there's not enough positions for all these guys. I think it's going to be Tatis in the outfield, and I don't think he's going to play as much as people think. I think that there has been a major blow to who he is as a player from not just a confidence standpoint on his own, but here's the most important thing you know. Oh, if he struggles, he's going to hear it. And a big, again, big opponents. Yeah. If opponents aren't scared of you, then what your skill level is almost doesn't matter in the big leagues. That's half the battle, and that's changed drastically for Tatis in the first – four years of his career it's just he's a different guy now than he was before it's not the same it's pretty wild how um that has kind of like he went from like the poster child very quickly to being the like pariah black almost. sheep yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not great you know and i feel yeah. bad for the padres too they dumped all that money into his contract like 330 million or whatever never mind the 13 years and you're just kind of thinking like man it's really too bad because he's got a skill set that i think was I don't want to say immeasurable, but you didn't have that combination of things at the shortstop position when he happened to come into the league. He got hurt, though, because he was a little overzealous in terms of knowing his own abilities, and now I think he's not even going to be able to play the position that we all fell in love with him with, at least not on an everyday basis, and that's that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to talk way more baseball. This is just like the the appetizer. Sure. It's the uh, aperitif. Aperitif. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more baseball throughout the show here. But I want to get back to basketball because I don't know if you realize this or heard about this, but Russell Westbrook is a Clipper. Who? Uh, what what yeah. team? What? Uh, what? I mean, it, it, I'm only wearing a Clippers hat right now. Sidebar. You couldn't even script this stuff better, to be honest with you. So we'll get let's get into Russ with the Clippers uh, and all that it entails coming up in about two and a half minutes.